Welcome to the fourth dimension with Toby C, where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, it's Toby. I'm back. Can't get rid of me. Can't keep a good mouth down. Here we are. Hey, this is our show. If it's your first time joining us, it's called The Fourth Dimension. It's a concept show. It's a little bit unusual. It's a little bit undifferent, a little different. We talk about uh, we talk about the antithesis of God. We talk about the antithesis of good. In the Garden of Eden, Eden, we don't talk about Adam and Eve. We don't talk about the forbidden fruit. We're here for the next hour to talk about the snake. How about that? We're here to talk about evil. And um, don't be disturbed if we talk about something, the opposite of a God shot. How about that? Today, I want to welcome a good friend of mine in the studio. His name is Lynn O. Welcome, Lynn. Good to see you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Nice to see you, Toby. And I'm glad you're here. And what we're going to do, like we do every show, is I'm going to try to take my friend on a little magical mystery tour back to the beginning of time, back to the beginning of his uh, sobriety to uh, to Lynn's earliest attempts at recovery to try to open our mind up to the fourth dimension. Yeah. You know, the fourth dimension uh, can also be described as a higher level of planular thinking. Uh, in recovery, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the answers to the riddle of life and in recovery, especially if you're in the 12-step movement of recovery, uh, one of the answers to the riddle of life and recovery is, in fact, the open mind. And uh, the fourth dimension is, in fact, a higher level of planular thinking. It's where we can take our minds out of this three-dimensional world and we can actually uh, visualize things that are phenomenons and that are not scientifically provable here in a three-dimensional world. And a lot of people think that God and goodness is waiting up there in the fourth dimension, rocketed into the fourth dimension. Well, I have news for you, friend. There's something else waiting for you in the fourth dimension, and it's not good. And we're going to try to open our minds to uh, this this element. It's, it's really that simple. What I'd like to do today is Lynn's going to take us on, on a little bit of, uh, of his history and we're going to try to go back to the beginning of, of his struggle in early sobriety. We're not here to talk about the evil that lies within us all. We're not here to philosophize about whether the devil exists or not. We're not here to talk about the crazy evil stuff that we do when we're drinking and drugging and acting out and we're spiraling toward the bottom. No, that's not this show. This show is to talk about evil resistance that we all recover the moment we make a heartfelt desire to emerge from our, our loneliness, isolation, and suffering and get better. And the moment we try to emerge from that suffering, there's something that's waiting for us. It's waiting there to, to bait the trap and to spring it. Yeah, yeah. So Lynn, why don't you go ahead and take us on a little history of uh, your memory of early sobriety and um, in a situation or two where the the trap was baited, and it wasn't from within. It was external. It wasn't a coincidence. It was, uh, it was not good. Uh, thanks, Toby. Yeah, I, I definitely can see uh, 
uh, existence of a beta trap. Um, well, I'll just start off in early in in my early recovery. I guess I had about nine months of being sober and doing doing well and and um, and feeling pretty good about my progress. Uh, we went we went on a uh, family and friends off-roading camping trip. There was a lot of evening cocktails and and beer drinking. Uh, I drank my Perrier water. I had my sodas and no alcohol. We we're kind of in a one-horse town, just uh, in the middle of nowhere, uh, up in Utah. Uh, one gas station slash general store. Uh, so, uh, in off-roading, you, you drive. You've got to go fill your vehicle up uh, in in the evening. So, one day after off-roading, I drove into the. Uh, gas station slash general store uh, to, to fill up the off-road vehicle. So I went in to pay for the fuel and uh, I look around to see what what groceries and supplies uh, they stacked they stocked. Um, walking through the aisles, I turned down this aisle and there were, uh, <laughs> to my amazement, and out of the middle of nowhere in this little town, three rows of any hard liquor that you could possibly want it just it just jumped out at me and uh, now you weren't looking for this liquor you were just innocently going to get some fuel for your vehicles and that's that's correct Toby I just was uh, investigating the store to see you know hey what's what's in the store we're out in the middle of nowhere and you've Uh, never been to the store before never had been to the store before and uh, so I come up, I, I turn the corner, and here's all this alcohol looking at me. And like I said, I'd been about nine months, and uh, this little voice—I kind of call it an evil whisper—leads uh, me to think, "Hey, I'm in here all by myself. No one from my camping group uh, would know if I, I bought and drank a little bit of liquor." Um, by the way everyone in my camping group knew I'd had a drinking problem that I wasn't supposed to be drinking and on top of that I I had a, I have a medical issue in which the doctor said I should never drink again so I'm looking I'm hearing this voice and I'm looking at all this alcohol in in front of me well it, it led me into great temptation um, and I, I succumbed to the temptation okay uh, so Let's talk about this moment. And we talked about this during the during the break or before the show started. Lynn, so really, you know, listen, we all have temptation. I mean, we, we understand that, okay? Right. Um, this was an early sobriety for you. You were first really trying to give this a go and not drink. And, 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 and everybody around you, family and friends, they, they were aware of this. Of your drinking battle, correct? That's correct, and right. actually had support with these people, uh, mm-hmm. acknowledging the fact that I am, I need to stop drinking not only physically, um, but you know, and an alcoholic state. Yes. Yeah. So, so there you are, uh, and 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 listen, it could happen to anybody. Heck, you can go to the uh, local convenience store now, and, and they've got liquor and beer. You know, it's just awful, or it's good depending on who you are. So anyway, um, and there you are, and you've got this moment now where you're thinking, and, and, and the trap has been baited, 
Right? That's correct. By coincidence or circumstances, whatever. Don't call it the devil. It is what it is. But you're having this moment now, and you're thinking to yourself, what are you thinking? What are you thinking right there? I, Nobody will know. Correct. Nobody will know. And, um, and we talked about this. You know, there was a demon in there telling you this. And your ghost story involves this demon in early recovery at that moment telling you nobody's going to know. And here it is, Lynn. If you really open your mind up to, to this self-talk that nobody's going to know, let's go ahead and calmly and, and objectively point the finger at what the demon was. What was your demon at that moment? It was the demon of unfair judgment Un unfair judgment there it is and we talked about this and and you know it's easy to deny the hurt that that other people's unfair judgment subject us to but see your ghost story didn't start during intervention your ghost story isn't about all the terrible awful things that happened on your spiral down, okay, when That's you started true. to abuse alcohol. Your ghost story was at that moment, you're trying to get better, and you're trying to avoid temptation, aren't you? And it's there. And, and it is. And I've, I definitely felt a, an, evil, uh, an evil presence, uh, something gnawing my thoughts. And, uh, and I, I went for the... Uh, for the temptation. Now here's the deal. We're not talking about the evil that resides within us all. We all have evil. You know, we all have a good side and a bad side, right? Okay. Right. And we understand that the world is full of coincidences and, and, and that's just how life is. And we can call these coincidences evil setups and temptation, whatever, okay? Okay. One man's ceiling is another man's floor. But um, the evil, your ghost story like like most of our ghost stories is external okay something external happened to you okay something external happened to you in the beginning of your sobriety the very first day you decided I'm not gonna drink anymore something external happened to you continuing to happen to you in in early sobriety and it was external and what do you think that external demon was it was unfair judgment, wasn't it? And it wasn't unfair judgment from within, Lynn. It was unfair judgment from outside, wasn't it? People's viewing of my drinking and, and having to hide it. and Yeah. They thought they knew you, didn't they? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sorry. Nobody, nobody knows everybody entirely, completely. I don't care how related you are. You know, we all have How our close little, they are. We all have our little insecurities, our little our little hurts. You know, recovery is about getting a lot of these insecurities and, and these hurts to see the light of day. Oh, I agree with that. And and a lot of times we don't want to let them see the light of day. And and I'm just wondering, do you think a God of your understanding, Lynn, wants you to keep these insecurities and these hurts inside so that they never see the light of day? No, I I don't. I I, I don't I, either. So if, if God, a God of your understanding, a, a loving, patient, tolerant, loving God, 
of your understanding doesn't want you to keep these hurts and these insecurities inside, then what does? And it, don't say it's within. Don't <laughs> say it's my insecurity wants to keep me insecure. It's something external, isn't it's, it, Lynn? It's like an evil force. And call it what it is. Yeah. I, and now we're trying to put the, the finger on this evil force. What was the external? What was your external demon during this period? It was on other on, people and unfair judgment. Right. What do you think? Right. No, I think uh, we're we're uncovering a few things here. I I think uh, I think you're correct with that. Uh. It's not that I'm correct. The program here, and we're going to take a break here. When we when we come back, we're going to continue with Lynn about really opening our minds to the presence of evil, evil that expresses itself in so many different forms, including in the unfair judgment of our loved ones and how they, they view us and try to love us if we can't love ourselves, right? You right think that? Yeah. All right, we're going to be right back. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we're talking about evil resistance during early periods in recovery. Stand by. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Better believe it. There's no such thing as coincidence. We're in the studio live recorded with our friend Lynn O. And Lynn, here's the deal. Um, this is not a show, by the way, about the devil. This is a show about God, okay? And let me tell you, if you understand, if you understand evil, if you understand the antithesis of God, it makes it makes God more relevant, and and doesn't make God so abstract. And let me tell you, friend, you know I am, and my friend Lynn is, you know, we're both uh, in the twelve-step movement, and, and they have a little slogan that there is. There is only one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. And I'll tell you who tries to find uh, that power, that loving God, are people who hit their bottom, okay? And they're busted, disgusted, and nobody trusts them anymore, okay? They're done. And it's at that moment that they try to get better that something happens, you know? And it can be very, very subtle. It doesn't have to be a big, spectacular, evil upheaval, okay? It can be something as subtle and external as, and here it comes. We were just talking about this. The devil or evil or Satan using other people as a channel to, to discourage us. Right, Lynn? There it is. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I, I feel that uh, in, in trying to support my recovery and, and, and go about uh, sobriety, 
Um, maybe people's uh, unfair judgment towards me uh, kind of opened up a door for actually maybe, if you will, evil or Satan to to um, use them to discourage me. Hey, how about this, Lynn? Is it possible that these people weren't really unfairly judging you, but that it was Satan unfairly judging you? Okay, remember, the outcome of all this unfair judgment was hurt and discouragement, remember? And these people who were interacting with you, they loved you, remember? I believe so, yes. They didn't, they didn't say these things to hurt you. They said this out of love. But it, but it's how they expressed themselves, and it was, and it was this expression of love is where they departed, from from a loving God, to an unloving energy. Okay, you can call it whatever you want. Did you experience and feel this unloving energy that was transmuted by these people who loved you, Lynn? Yeah, and and actually, it uh, it came out as more of a, a judgment. You know, and it, it, it wore, wore on my soul. And I think it was, uh, like you say, I, I know that they support me and love me. But uh, the way I understood it could have been um, an evil force that, that was trying to drag me down. All right. So, Lynn, what's the outcome of this type of hurt and unfair judgment? What was your... What was your default uh, reaction, like so many of us, to this hurt and this unfair judgment? Wasn't it to isolate? Wasn't it to, to push away and to isolate? And, and have resentment. Yeah, yeah, but, but in your own little private area, you found your own little private space. That was that private space, that loneliness and that isolation. Did a loving God of your understanding want you to retreat to that lonely, isolated space? Or did something negative and evil want to stick you there and keep you there in everlasting ignorance? Yeah, keep you caged in, more or less. Was it good uh, or evil? It, it was evil, because God doesn't want that. God no. wants you to be open-minded, free, and, uh, and, and not isolated. There it is. So you isolated. That was your reaction to this to this unfair judgment and these and this hurt and there it was and and we agree that these people didn't want to really unfairly judge you and hurt you and that give was, you that reason. was not their intent Heck no. no man they didn't want to hurt you uh, and drive you into loneliness and isolation did they absolutely not then what did lynn well i would have to say an evil um an opposing factor evil Opposing to what God would want you to to experience. There you go. You know, hey, and by the way, gang, I'm going to repeat this. You know, this show is not about putting the devil at the center of this thing, okay? The devil is not at the center of faith, but understanding Satan is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith, okay? And, and the devil wants us to deny evil. The more we deny evil and blame it on him, her, it, ourselves then a loving God becomes less relevant and more abstract. Don't you agree, Lynn? Yeah, absolutely. There it is. Hey, you know, 
Don't give yourself so much credit for all the bad stuff that goes on, Lynn. It may have been something external and evil, don't you agree? Yes. Better believe it. All right, when we come back, we're going to do a, 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 you know, a more recent encounter with this demon, this ghost story that continues to, to, uh, to affect Lynn. And it's the same demon that's out there for all of us. We're going to be right back. I'm Toby C., The Fourth Dimension, Evil Resistance to Early Recovery. Coming back with Lynn O. Be right back. sense out of nonsense making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth you've landed in the fourth dimension with toby c all right this show is about pulling the covers off the snake that's always been there okay that's it you know, we're just, we're always blaming him or her or it, or we're being a little bit too hard on ourselves. Right, Lynn? Exactly. Are you hard on yourself or, you know? I, yeah, I, I am. And do you blame yourself for a lot of mistakes and a lot of negative things that happen, like poor choices that we make? Yeah, I, you know, and I think that's kind of human nature as well, but yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. So it's very hard sometimes to really put our finger on evil or Satan, or the devil, or the fallen angel, or whatever you want to call it, when we're too busy blaming others, when we're blaming him, her, it, or ourselves, right? Right. And, hey, gang, don't give yourself so much credit, would you, okay? There's <laughs> something else out there, and it's external. And don't get philosophical and, and, and start trying to come into contact with the evil within, okay? There's something out there. There's a fallen angel. And I got to tell you, it is not as powerful as, as God. God, there's one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now. But I got to tell you, an early recovery, and, and early recovery can last years, <laughs> decades, but we're talking about certainly those first few moments of desperation in early recovery where we get on, down on our knees and we scream out to God, God, help me. God, I'll do anything for you to lift this merciless obsession. Anything, right? <laughs> do, you, do you remember that, Lynn? Do you have a few of those moments? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot has to do with... Uh, it seems like it pops up when there's, there's family uh, holidays or family get-togethers and... Uh, um, and it's usually revolves around them drinking and me watching them drink and uh, having a bit of resentment towards that. And uh, and then it, it puts me into isolation. It, it makes me want to retreat. Uh, and uh, and then I'm I'm judged for for that and and some of my attitudes and. Uh, and reactions uh, to this, and so it's it's 
almost like uh, an, the opposite of God, the evil, the devil, is, is maybe channeling through some of these people to irritate me, to put me into that isolation, even though they're, they're really not trying to, I don't think their intention is, is such. But maybe there's a, a, a force that's actually channeling through them. All right, here's the deal. Lynn, we, we made a discovery here that your, your demon and your ghost story is unfair judgment. All right? Yeah. And, and, let's, and a lot of us can relate to this, and I want to rewind mm. the tape. Unfair judgment of ourselves. Okay leads to unrealistic expectations of ourselves. It means we're hard on ourselves, okay? Yeah. All right? Unrealistic expectations of ourselves, okay, All right? Leads to unrealistic expectations of others. Hey, if we're hard on ourselves, I'm going to be hard on you. Right. right? I'm it not going to give you a break if I'm not giving myself a break, right? Yeah, it goes both ways. So this is a sense of entitlement, especially when it comes down to the, the dysfunctional family system. You know, our spouse or our children, you know, people that we're really related to and tight with. We have this sense of entitlement about how we expect and want to be and should be treated. Right. There, right there is the demon of unfair judgment. That's the moment that we depart from from the perfection of God, if you will, okay? That was the moment of departure where we unfairly judged ourselves and we moved into a place called entitlement. And then we place these demands on others how we expect to be treated. And what what often happens, Lynn, what happens quite often is we're disappointed, aren't we? Yeah, well, definitely. Um and with our with our disappointment um, in my case it it would lead me to um, retract to to isolate and uh, I think what God really wants is to forgive these people not not think about um, uh, what they're doing to me is is pretty much to let let their actions go and and actually just uh in within yourself uh forgive what they're projecting i got it now never mind god forgiving people or not forgiving people can you forgive people can you can you become and can i become lynn an instrument in a channel for a loving god to be open-minded and have an open heart and to be able to give people a break and i think that's what a loving god wants us to do but i'll tell you something other than a loving god lynn did not allow you that privilege. Uh, this, 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 the antithesis of a loving God, Lynn, use these people, okay, this evil, use these people as a channel to hurt you, correct? Correct. And this hurt was in the form of a disappointment, correct? And enough of this disappointment led to anger and a resentment. That's correct. And the best way to overcome an anger and resentment, Lynn, is you isolate, correct? That would be true. There it is. And does and does a loving God of your understanding want you to be alone and isolated, hurt? No. Not, no. not at all. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. You know, there it is. And um, 
and so the demon is unfair judgment, man, and 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 there it is, and and we do agree, it's it's external, you know, if we can really open our minds again to a higher level of planular thinking, we can really allow our 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 minds to accept the fact that these people had no control really over what they were doing or saying, okay, that they they were channeled by something that was evil and that was and that message was meant to hurt you it was meant to hurt you in the form of discouraging you and upsetting you okay right there it is and and acknowledging that um with with god's help and being channeled into uh engagement with my higher power i'm learning i'm learning how to cope with with that and to uh set those feelings aside and and look at it as uh you know un, unfair judgment and 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 press forward exactly and what you're talking about is one of the credos in the 12-step movement it's called love and tolerance of others is our code all right exactly love and, exactly. And love and tolerance you know happens to deal with being open-minded and having an open heart all right and and I'll tell you, gang, stop this confusion about good and evil, okay? Stop denying the presence of evil. Be open-minded to the fact that there's evil all around us. The snake has always been there. You just couldn't pull the covers off of it and see it, all right? And now that we can, can see evil with our open mind... We can really appreciate the presence of a loving God. Absolutely. That never left us, man. He's always been there. He's been banging on the door, but but we didn't answer it, did we, Lynn? No. And there's a moment that, for me anyway, my eyes were open to that loving God. And it surpasses anything that the evil side, the devil, whatever you want to call it, would have to push your way. Um, the presence of God uh, in in my life has definitely uh, helped me combat whatever evil energy that that tries to drag me down. And you know, it, it's there. It's knocking on the door. The, that evil energy, but. Uh, um, being in in God's light and and learning more every day about uh, about God uh, helps combat that. All right. So being in God's light includes being aware of Satan's darkness. That's correct. And 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 the knowing more, that it exists. Well, there it is. You know. You know. Light is the absence of darkness, and darkness is the absence of light. Okay. They just don't exist without each other. It's there. It's that simple, right? <laughs> That's right. And 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 so, really, and I'll say it again: there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find Him now. That was one of the mantras in the twelve-step movement. Right. And I could not seem for the life of me to really find God because I really couldn't understand the presence of evil. All right, it was just so abstract, and I was disconnected from it. And I think that's why I like going to meetings. I like going to the kinship of common suffering. I see the insanity and evil all around me. Don't you, Lynn? Absolutely. There's. I mean, it's a reminder. I think there's a saying that every every AA meeting is a reminder that God will restore us to sanity so long as we rightly relate ourselves 
to him, right? So long as we rightly re relate ourselves to God, will he restore us to sanity. And for me, the right way to re relate myself right to God is to be presence, to be conscious of the presence of evil. There it is. And man, I see these broken bodies and spirits come into these meetings. You too, Lynn? Absolutely. And there's evil, man. It, uh, and the meetings are, are really uh, a good eye-opener for, for both sides. And, um, and just to find God's presence and how he relates to everybody in the meeting a little differently but it's still uh, uh, a, a great godly power that um, that you can walk away with from there. Great godly power. What's the opposite of great godly power, Lynn? Well, it's the the force that uh, can can bring you down. It's Ungreat, ungodly, evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, um, there's not really a. It is a power. It's an energy. It's a vibration. It's negative. And uh, we don't want to feel negative. We don't want to feel hurt. We want to resist it. We want to push away from it. So it's real evil for us to push and resist and turn a blind eye to evil, isn't it? And it's so convenient to blame him or her or them or it, isn't it? Yeah. And so, in a sense, you need to be forgiving, you know? Well, we can't transmute something we haven't got. I'm so glad, as I'm sure you are, Lynn, that we're on the beam today, just for today, and we can have an open mind and an open heart. And I'm not big on the F word for giving people, but I can give them a break today. I can give people a break today. How about you, Lynn? Because I can appreciate and understand the concept of evil yep. that great, uses great. people. Absolutely. That, that uses people. All right, we're going to be back for our fourth and final segment for the hour with Lynn. Uh, we're talking about really the demon of unfair judgment. It's the snake. It was there. It was always there. And we're going to look at it for what it is. I'm, I'm Toby C. This is the fourth dimension with our guest, Lynn. O. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. Like I said, we're not here to talk about happy, happy, joy, joy, and recovery and, and all the good things that happen in recovery. We're here to talk about why people can't get better in early recovery. And the reason why so many of us, Lynn, you know, can't get better, and I know you can relate to this as, as can I, is because there was something external that was, that was, that was just kind of kept baiting the trap and we kept springing it. Right. And we kept blaming it, kept, we kept blaming it on bad decisions, bad timing, you know, bad, no constitution, no willpower. Of course, we didn't have any willpower. So, so there it is. And, 
And your your ghost story, Lynn, your ghost story probably happened like most of ours the day we were born and we just became self-centered instinctual survivalists, okay? okay? With all of our insecurities, and that's fine. And 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 the one thing there's I don't think there's anything that can make a human being feel more insecure than being unfairly judged and labeled by people who really don't know what they're talking about it's so hurtful don't you agree yeah it uh it's a conscious and subconscious energy that uh actually can keep you from growing and moving forward there's no question about it i have a list of injuries that I use when I do some four-step work with with uh, guys that I take through the steps. And Lynn was looking at this thing earlier, and out of this, out of this 50 or 60 things on this list, the one thing that jumped out at you was, in fact, you know, Un- unfairly judgment. There it is. So, so there it is. So that was your snake. It was always there. It hurt you. You didn't know it at the time, but that was your overwhelming and compelling reason to go out and get loaded every time somebody hurt your feelings. Part of being insecure. Absolutely. And you didn't know. You didn't know that these people, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. They were just being a channel of a bad message that that you were taking on that was just meant to discourage you. Right. And a negative energy that had a purpose. So let me ask you this. There's a takeaway here. Anybody who's listening to this program and you're stuck in, in, in the rut of recovery and you can't seem to get out of it, here's the takeaway that, that there might be a power greater than yourself right now in early recovery and you're vulnerable to it, okay? You're vulnerable to it. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Lynn, and fill in the blanks, nothing so ensures immunity against the first drink and the slip, then what? Then, then intensive work with another suffering alcoholic or right. al- it's, drug addict. It's almost why you go through all this pain and some negative issues and... and um, some of the problems that you go through so you learn and and if you're open-minded and willing to let god work through you then you can help uh, another person that's going through the same agony that that you were going through and and shed some light on on that and, and help them walk forward your your entire life your demon was unfair judgment specifically in bold print okay and uh, and we all have our own little our own little buttons okay all right so there it was and and so in the beginning Lynn if you do you think it would have been more helpful in the beginning if you could have realized the demon for what it was and started working with other men to help open up their mind and to help them calmly and objectively look at the demon. Well, yeah, of of course. But I I think it's a, a process. And once you commit to this pro- 
process and, and start the 12 steps and learning about yourself, um, yes, you, you discover that. And, and having somebody like myself that has been afflicted with this unfair judgment, um, helping someone through the 12 steps and, and uh, being able to uh, shed a light on on what I've gone through to, to help them. Mm -hmm. You know, this process, the process started long before we came into recovery. It's called a rut. It's called a rhythm. It's called a routine, right? Okay. And, um, and, and this process almost killed us, didn't it? And we tried to change our, our rhythm, our, our routine. And something at the moment, we tried to change this, we tried to alter our process said, no, I'm going to keep you right here. I mean, after all, we had a lifetime of perfecting the, these rhythms and these routines and our coping skills, how to deal with unfair judgment, right. as in your case. And all of a sudden, it just doesn't happen overnight. Okay, and it is a process. But, um, you know, the process started at the very bottom, right? Where we hit bottom, we became as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as only the dying can be. <laughs> right? Do you remember that moment? I do. You know? It's uh, and by the way, and so does God remember that moment, and so does Satan remember that moment. There are three of you remembering that moment. There's Lynn, right? When you completely surrender, that's it. And then you, you and the battle's on, right? The battle's on. You you move forward, and then there's this negative weight that tries to drag you down, and you might go down a little bit, but you, you look to that uh, power greater than yourself. And uh, much stronger than the than the weight force. You better and, believe it. And and you can move forward. But, um, you know, and we talked about instinctual behaviors before. Remember, whenever a human being becomes a battleground for the instincts, there can be no peace. And boy, unfair judgment by others can really affect our our instinctual well-being, can't it? It can it can really affect negatively our instinctual needs for love. And security, can't it, Lynn? Right. It it creates a lot of insecurity. And does a loving God want you to be insecure? No. God tests us, no question about it. But does God really want to keep us in, in everlasting uh, ignorance and contempt and, and suffering and misery? I don't think so. No, not at all. There it is, gang. All right, listen, we're wrapping up hour one with my friend and, and recovery associate, Lynn. O. We're talking about... The devil, we're talking about Satan as as expressed through other people's unfair judgment, right? That's right. It is what it is, man. At the time we didn't know. We just thought they were a-holes, you know. <laughs> but but we but now we're gonna give them a break, right? Because we're calm and we're open-minded and we're objective and we can look at it and say it is what it is, right? Alright, I'm gonna be back with Lino or somebody. For hour number two, this is the fourth dimension with Toby C. Loving it. All right, thanks, Toby. Thank Bet. you for having thanks me again, Lynn. Great to see you. Stand by the fourth dimension, Toby C. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Okay, hour two with Lynn. My good buddy, Lynn. Lynn. Come in, Lynn. Yeah. Hi, Toby. It's so it's good to be back for hour two. I'll tell you. Where we went in hour one, we'll, we're going to tell you shortly, but I've just got to give our, uh, our listeners a reminder that this is a show called The Fourth Dimension. It's a concept show. I'm your host, Toby C. And The Fourth Dimension is, it's a, it can be considered a higher level of planular thinking. It's where we start to open up our mind beyond the limitations of a three-dimensional world and we try to examine and be aware and recognize the appearance and the existence of things that might um, lay in wait for us in a place called the fourth dimension. And one of the things we're going to talk about throughout this show, like we do every show, is one of the things that waits up there in the fourth dimension may not always be good, may may not always be benevolent. It may have not our best interest in mind. We're going to be talking about something called Satan or the devil or evil or a negative paranormal experience, whatever you want to call it, but we're going to call it our demon. We're going to call it our ghost story. And this ghost story, specifically this ghost story we want to examine, is the ghost story that all of us encounter in early recovery. When we're at our bottom, when we're at our wit's end, and we're on the verge of homicide or suicide, or a slow form of suicide, and we want to get better. We'll do anything to lift this merciless obsession. And something, something external discourages us. Yeah. And, um, and we, we went there. We visited this, this place last hour, didn't we, Lynn? Yeah. We uh, uncovered a lot of internal feelings and emotional feelings and uh, I think we kind of came to uh, a realization for me that uh, I'm kind of suffering from uh, a bit of emotional uh, insecurity Um, maybe afraid of being judged Mm -hmm. unfair judgment um, might put a stumbling block in my uh, it might walk forward. Yeah. So, so really, the takeaway from last hour <clears throat> was that we all have a negative, dark side to us, and we're not here to talk about where this negative, dark influence in our life happened. Okay, that's not this show. We're not here to philosophize about the negative, dark elements that exist in everyday life and that we battle with today. Okay, what we're here to do is focus on this little time, period of time, in early recovery where something just kept preventing us from getting better. And the takeaway, the discovery that we made, Lynn, was that one of your seven buttons kept getting pushed. And that one of the seven buttons that we discover in a place called the fourth step, when we do the resentment inventory, it's the third column, we call the seven afflictions of self. Your affliction out of the seven afflictions of self, and let me name them again, there is pride, there's low self-esteem, there's personal relations, there's ambition, 
there is emotional security, there's sex relations, and there's money and finances, okay? Out of those seven afflictions of self, or those seven buttons, you discovered that you were most sensitive to having the button of which one pushed? Well, I would say the emotional um, security. Yeah, yeah. And um, and how did this emotional insecurity manifest and 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 reveal itself and 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 um, and torment you in what form? Well, <clears throat> I, I felt it was a, a stumbling block in 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 moving forward, uh, afraid of what other people might have to say about me um, as far as being an alcoholic was my alcohol was my addiction and uh, and the fear of I guess being found out and talked about you know there it is you know and we and when we were kind of exploring this we kept it almost was like you were trying to hide something, remember? And I kept trying to drag it out of you. What are you trying to hide? Absolutely. And we'd really discovered that you weren't really trying to hide anything, that you were tired, sick and tired of what? Being... Being judged. Being unfairly judged. Or judged in period. Having people look at you and take your inventory and size you up. And, and um, what do they say? Contempt prior to investigation, right? Right, right. And uh, that was a big button for you. It, uh, yeah, and it's it's really uh, an accomplishment or exciting to to have that veil taken off of this demon of uh, unfair judgment, and to be able to have some clarity and and uh, know what I'm dealing with, so that I can move forward. So what Lynn is describing, if you're just joining us again, this is Toby C. And this is our show called The Fourth Dimension, where we start to look at really calmly and objectively, we look back in time at our ghost story, okay? And our ghost story, the ghost story that we're interested in talking about here in The Fourth Dimension is the ghost story that happens in early recovery, that the nightmare of not being able to get better when we're absolutely at the bottom and we're at our wit's end. And your ghost story, Lynn, is the demon of emotional insecurity there it is remember out of the seven buttons you said your button was emotional security right so your demon and by the way your demon of emotional insecurity your propensity not to want to call attention to yourself and not to want to be judged happened long before you started abusing alcohol and ended up in recovery we know that and, and by the way we also we also recognize that this is something that you and and many of us still have to live with today and and we didn't recognize it in early recovery, did we? We didn't see the ghost that was sitting right next to us that kept sabotaging our earliest attempts at recovery, right? Right, I agree. I agree with that. And uh, I think the the point is, it didn't recognize it. You know, it it caused a, a withdrawal from within me, and. Um, not wanting to profess that uh, I was uh, uncontrolled with drinking and my life wasn't manageable. Um, 
and so it, it, it kind of put it like I said before a, a veil over that and I just I just didn't recognize it and the fear of, of the uh, emotional insecurity now from an outsider listening in especially somebody with some time in the program they would say that Lynn simply had a problem with the first step making that admission that you were really an alcoholic and that your life had become un unmanageable but it was a lot deeper than that wasn't it Lynn yeah I it was, was I was not afraid of, of uh, the making admission. the first the making the first step it was the, the, the fear of being judged for making right. that first step I knew uh, judged by whom judged by your peers judged by your family again family, right judged by a bunch of sick strangers in this room that you really didn't want to get to know any better how about that you do you remember that moment do you remember sitting in that room with a bunch of people and and they're all kind of checking you out <laughs> you're trying to figure out am I in the right place or something discouraged you as it does many of us Lynn in early recovery it was the demon of emotional insecurity okay do you remember specifically anything that happened do you remember an incident in in the first days or weeks or months of your first attempt that was an external incident that just sent you reeling and uh, and and really kept you from committing to to your to your recovering your sobriety and that kept you in half measure do you remember an incident something somebody said something that they did the way they looked at you well and and I think it actually um, was more with with family members um, watching to see if I was gonna uh, be true to this commitment or or uh, am I going to be able to to not drink and kind of looking around the corner and waiting to uh, maybe catch me in in a mm -hmm. in a moment where uh, where I was weak mm -hmm. and uh, I would have to say maybe that that would be an incident that uh, with with family members looking over my shoulder if you will okay so so the biggest emotional insecurity that you experienced in early recovery did not come from people within the rooms did and certainly didn't come from your peers because you tried to insulate yourself from anybody at work really knowing what you were going through and that's fine okay you wanted to keep it anonymous it was your private battle I get it so really the qualifier the button pusher for your emotional insecurity that really discouraged you from getting from really committing to this thing in the very beginning was your family yeah being unfairly judged and, and they were holding by the by the family members yeah they were holding up some some uh, bar of, uh, of 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 achievement uh, some morality standard right these are the people that were giving you an overwhelming and compelling reason to get loaded and yet these people are holding some kind of a morality standard that 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 they're wanting you to achieve in order for you to get better according to them Yes, I, w I agree with that. Yeah, I would I would say that. And then and, and what a contradiction. And then you're asking yourself, what the hell am I getting sober for? What's the point? Right. And and I'm watching them. <laughs> uh, it's the pot calling the kettle black. The pot calling the kettle you black. Watch, watching it. them uh, get a little buzzed, a little dropping things, getting a little belligerent, well, belligerent and and uh, a little sloppy from mm -hmm. being drunk and and uh, it, it created an anger 
yeah, anger within me. Well, that was a recent incident, right? But 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 did no, you have these incidents way back yes. when, in the very beginning yeah, too? Yeah, absolutely. So, so nothing's really changed. No, it's, this it's the same dance has been going on. Back in my very early sobriety, yeah. So there it is. So, We're trying oh, to be trying to get sober back in the early early how days. How interesting. So so here you're trying to change your dance steps. And and your your dance partners, your family, they ain't changing their their dance steps, are they? That they're so loaded, they can't even hear the music right. And uh, and yeah, you're trying to keep. You're, I think you guys are dancing to a different song, and it was really frustrating, wasn't it? They couldn't see, they really couldn't see what you could see, and uh, and yet they thought they could. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the dance steps with Lynn. We're going to be talking about the dance steps that we have in early recovery, okay? And I'll tell you that our partner sometimes is the devil, okay? Our partner sometimes in early recovery, we don't even know it. It's sitting right next to us. It's evil, okay? It's some demon. It's called our deepest, darkest insecurities, and we're really trying to, to come to grips with them. And oh, man... Instincts on Rampage, what? Balkan investigation, you better believe it. Hey, I'm Toby C. We're here at Lino, and this is our show called The Fourth Dimension, where we really put the spotlight on evil resistance, demonic occurrences that happen to so many of us in early periods of recovery. We're going to be right back with Lino, Toby C. with The Fourth Dimension. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go you are entering the fourth dimension with toby c there is no such thing as coincidences here's toby all right if you're just joining us the name of the show is called the fourth dimension and what we're trying to do is open your mind to things that happen outside uh, and beyond the limitations of our three-dimensional world and what we're right now talking about is the demon that so many of us encounter in early recovery, okay? We're not talking about the demon we're born with, or the demon that we're traumatized into having, or the demon that we still exist and that, and that we're aware, many of us in sobriety are aware of. We're talking about the demon that, 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 that we have to face in early recovery. And by the way, you know, it is external. It is real, okay? Stop blaming everything especially in early recovery stop blaming everybody for your failure to get better stop blaming him stop blaming her stop blaming the booze stop blaming the dope stop blaming god okay and start putting the blame where blame is due it's the devil man the devil's sitting right next to you man and because you're trapped in a three-dimensional world you can't see it and it's right there baby it's right there. You know, don't forget, we're the ones who cause, we, we make the ultimate decision, okay? We open ourselves up to evil and darkness, okay? You know, only to have the devil come in and exasperate, 
you know, these decisions. It's like an evil pull. It's Absolutely. Once we start moving in, in that direction, Lynn, we just get pulled into it even more. And, so, and we're talking about emotional insecurity. You want to talk a black hole, you know, <laughs> a vortex, right? How, how difficult it's, it is to get out of that, right? It's a void. It's like a, a, a hard void to, to fill and, 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 uh, and battle. Better believe it. We're going to talk about a dance that Lynn was doing in early recovery. Lynn was dancing with a demon, okay? Although you didn't know it at the time, right? No, it, I didn't. And the demon we've discovered was the demon of emotional insecurity slash unfair judgment. And, and there it was. And despite our best efforts, we were still vulnerable to this, to this, this disappointment, this hurt, this injury that, that, that people caused our emotional security, right, Lynn? Right, a, a fear of being judged, and that that fear can just overcome someone, and and I and I felt like it had done that to me. It it kept me from stepping forward, stepping out. I, I had a, a fear of being uh, of unfair judgment, which led to the emotional insecurity. Let me ask you this. We do a dance with our family, okay? Before recovery, during recovery, and after recovery, right? Right. It's a dance, all right? And um, do you think possibly when you were in your earliest days and moments of recovery that you were in denial of, of just how toxic of a dance you were in with your family? you remember that never mind family you know uh, day at, at, at some you know rehab I'm talking about really you know you knew you couldn't live with them you can't live without them you know and and uh, did you really think that you were the one who really had the problem were you convinced of that in early recovery well <clears throat> it, it was hard to recognize and uh, when when you're the the person that's going through the recovery, I, I believe one might feel that they're responsible for all the um, negative energy. And um, did you feel this tremendous sense of guilt and shame when when you went into recovery? Right. That's I, I guess that's what I'm um, getting at. You know, as part of the. Uh, the thing that wasn't clear is, yes, I did feel the guilt and the shame, but was it all on my shoulders or was there um, people that, outside people, family members that might have added to this and, and created this uh, insecurity? And looking back, absolutely the answer is, there's, it's, it's an emphatic yes, okay? But, but at the moment, at that time, Lynn, you just didn't know it, did you? No. Yeah, you, know, you were feeling shame, and and you were getting sober. You were getting sober, so you could change. Right. For for them, to adapt to them, 
Right. And, and, well, and, was and, I getting sober for the right reasons? Right. And, 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 and in right early reasons. recovery, the idea of getting sober so we could adapt to people who were not well was just elusive, man. That, that was just not part of the program. We were the problem. Remember, we were blaming ourselves. That's right. It's getting deep here. It's getting thick here with Lynn O. We're going to be right back after the bottom of the hour. Hey, I'm Toby C. I got to tell you, we're talking about the devil, the devil that sits right next to us in early recovery, but because we're trapped in a narrow three-dimensional mind, we can't really see it. So we're going to be right back here with Lynn O. And we're going to pull the covers off the snake once and for all. I'm Toby C. It's called The Fourth Dimension. We'll be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Hey, uh, don't forget that Adam and Eve committed the original sin, not the snake. But this show is about pulling the covers in and, and taking a look at the snake. There it is. The snake or the demon or whatever negative paranormal energy is interfering with yours or your loved one's ability to get out of that rut and to stay out of that rut one day at a time. We're talking to Lynn O., we're really mashing out, you know, some some heavy stuff that happened to him in early recovery. And the fact of the matter is, Lynn, you couldn't really put both feet in, could you? You're 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 terrified at really making a commitment to recovery because the the the, the saboteur was your family, wasn't it? Yeah, and it almost seems, <clears throat> if you will, that the, the devil or Satan, the evil energy, um, used my family to to be a stumbling block, to to not to not let me move forward and and, and complete my journey into um, commitment to uh, not drinking. Um, there, there were, I, I look back and it, it seemed like, uh, over family holidays, um, there was like a sabotage. It's, it's like there was an evil sabotage that would create this negative energy around the holidays and, and I would fall for it and I would start drinking and um, thinking I'm having a good time, it's party time, let's drink, and then pretty soon I'm, I'm out of control. Um, the, uh, and, and, then the, and then there'd be the judgment from the family that I'd have to, uh, to, to deal with, you know? Okay, so here's, let me just summarize this. Your family gave you a pretty overwhelming and compelling reason to drink in, 
in, in, in looking back now, the analysis was you had an overwhelming and compelling reason to get loaded and to drink. And it had something to do with your attitude around the holidays, all right? And right. your family was a component of that, okay? And, and, and let's just not let the family off the hook, okay? The family was there, and they pushed your buttons, didn't they, Lynn? They did. They, they pushed your buttons, your emotional insecurities. They Nobody could push your buttons more than your, your, your family, right? And I don't think it was their conscious no. uh, uh, decision to do that. They weren't trying to do that. I think they were being manipulated by uh, an evil uh, right. presence. Okay, well, here's the deal. Something we, that could work on me. When you had this bad attitude around the holidays and involving your family, did you did this bad attitude possibly open you up to some real negative energy? Yeah, of of course. Okay. And could this negative energy that you opened up yourself to with your bad attitude involving the family and the holidays, did this bad energy manifest in terms of making the family behave in a way that was agitating and hurtful to you. Right. It, it's almost like a, a... It was a setup. It's almost like a, a the, full circle. But the family didn't set you up. You set yourself up by opening up your mind and your heart to all this negative energy with your bad attitude, right. correct? They don't realize that they're setting me up. I take the bait, get set up, and it's this full circle that comes around. And then they're, uh, they're on, on me for my behavior. I got so we didn't know this in at the time in early recovery. We just couldn't quite figure out what was going on. But that, but now correct. looking back though, looking back, Lynn, was the family possibly just being used as a channel of evil, as an instrument of evil, to hurt you because you opened up your mind and your heart to negative energy with this bad attitude coming from a place of fear. Right. Yep. Fear there is the is. factor. Were you coming from a place of faith in early recovery, or were you coming from a place of fear, Lynn? No, there's a, a lot of fear. Absolutely. A lot of uncertainty. Were you able to commit and sit all the way down in your seat, or were you kind of have one foot in, one foot out in early recovery? Right. Like half measures. Couldn't, you, know? you couldn't make a commitment. Why? Because you're in fear. Definitely. And, and by the way, gang, if anybody's listening to this, don't... Don't crumble yourself for being in fear. Okay, we're all born that way, right? We come out of the womb screaming and rattling. We're all in fear, okay? Some of us just don't outgrow this fear for whatever reason, okay? It's called an emotional insecurity. Amen on that. Yep. You know? Yeah. By the way, uh, if you're just joining us, I'm Toby C., and this is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we talk about evil, satanic, demonic resistance that many of us externally encounter during our earliest moments and periods in recovery when we're trying to get better. And we're here with Lynn O. talking about Lynn's family experience in early recovery and how difficult it was. And, and again, how the family was the overwhelming reason to get loaded because we had a resentment, didn't we? When we did our resentment list in the fourth uh, the fourth step resentment inventory wasn't the family kind of at the top of the, of the list, Lynn? Yeah, they, they, there was a number of lists with family. Yes, oh, definitely. absolutely. And by the fi and by the time we got to the end of the fourth step uh, resentment inventory, Lynn, do you remember what did we do in the fourth column? We gave the family a break, didn't we? That's right. We just we you know we didn't have to forgive them. We just cut them some slack, right? Right. Yeah. Knowing that maybe maybe, you know. 
they were just doing something that we were just processing entirely wrong with our attitude. How about that? So, amen on that. So, so the toxic dance is going on in early recovery with, with the family still there. Um, they try to do an intervention, you told me, in early recovery. I mean, you know, how did that make you feel? Well, <clears throat> after one of the exciting holidays where I was a little bit out of control, um, they thought it'd be a good idea to to maybe do an intervention and, and get me into some kind of counseling. And, and, the, and the feeling of that was, uh, you know, a uh, lack of lack of respect and and there was uh, definitely a, a a feeling of of shame and uh my god resentment of what what are they where am i going what are they doing did you feel confused did you feel kind of like what the hell's going on here did, was it just just a bunch of bewilderment and confusion well there was it was cloudy everything was cloudy yeah, yeah. Just, nothing really made sense uh, you're getting a lot of mixed signals um I mean, did somebody really lay out a roadmap for recovery uh, for you in, 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 in the very beginning, Lynn? Did somebody really, you know, outside of reading the 12 steps and, and all the literature, did somebody say, hey, listen, if you really want to be happy, joyous, and free, here's your roadmap? No, it was uh, thrown at me that I, I should, uh, the, the intervention never happened. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I just said okay I'll I'll go to an AA meeting and and uh, and and walk blindly into this and so there was really no roadmap no yeah boy I'll tell you the intervention ah boy I'll tell you being judged by people who um, who really shouldn't be judging and is it possible again is it possible that your family was being used as an instrument to discourage you from getting better, Lynn. Yeah, I think there was a manipulation, and uh, the family. That, that come on, the family wanted you to get better. Did the family want you to die or go insane or go to prison? Of course they didn't. Right. Your family loves you, but they were the biggest qualifiers. So is it possible that the family was being used as an instrument of something external, meant to hurt you and to keep you confused? And to keep you uh, running from unfair judgment, right? And and I mentioned before, I don't believe that was their intentions. I think that they were being used, and the manipulation was the evil, the force, Satan manipulating them, which kept me from from moving forward. So there it is, you know. And how difficult it is, Lynn, for us to talk about evil, Satan, demons, and whatnot. You know, it's it's very difficult. But I got to tell you, gang, if you are in the twelve-step movement of recovery, like so many different uh, recovery programs, it involves finding a power greater than yourself, finding a God of your understanding. And in order to find a God of your understanding, we must certainly be aware of the antithesis of God, right? Right. There's and, the other side. Yes. And, and there it is. And, and do you think, going back now, in early recovery, and I know you had a real bumpy start, okay, but uh, maybe if somebody had said, you know something, Lynn, the devil's just out to just ruin your life. And why don't you come, why don't you come join us on this broad highway, you know, where you surely cannot fail. It's a place where you're going to find a God of your understanding. 
and, and come and join us. If you would have gotten that memo, could things have been different? But you didn't get that memo, did you? No, it, it was not brought to my <laughs> attention that way, and I didn't get that, that memo. I don't know if it was just the path I was supposed to follow, but definitely there was a, a, a dark side that, that kept me down. And that, and, and, that, and that you didn't, and that you couldn't face, right? Right. Remember, remember these, these two slogans in, the, in, in Chapter 5, how it works? There is only one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. No human power could relieve our suffering. Only God could and would if he was sought. So we're going to talk about God all day long. Why don't they talk about Satan or the devil, the antithesis of God? Right. The because other side. It, it's, not, it's just not politically correct, is it? I mean, you start talking about Satan and the devil and demons, man, and people are going to think, you know, you need a 72-hour hold, baby. It's kind of where Satan loves it, you know. That's exactly it. Satan wants us to, to deny his existence. Right. And that's exactly where he wants us. The more we deny the existence of Satan, then the less relevant and more abstract God becomes. Right. There you go. And and who needs to rely on God? God does not have all, all power. If there's no devil, there's no God. So get over it, man. You know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get your act together. Come on, man. Yeah, and uh, it, it just keeps that cloud. The devil would like to keep that cloud so that uh, you don't understand what's going on. That, you know, this isn't the, the right thing to talk about. But uh, once, you, once you see God's power and once you see how um, the God of your understanding can take you clear those thoughts from the devil and just and help you to move forward he's stronger that power is much stronger amen than, on that than, than hey the by the way power. you bet by the time you get to your sixth and seventh step gang man you're going to understand that there's a god who never left you he loved you he was always there we just failed to answer the door when he was banging on it right, right. we failed to answer the door and let him in why? Because something, something evil, something external wants us to always deny the existence of God by denying the existence of evil. Blame it on anything except the devil, right? Him, her, it, yeah. or yourself. Hey, don't give yourself so much credit, Lynn. Come on, man. <laughs> Might be something else here. All right, we're going to be back with our, our fourth and final segment of our two-hour show with Lynn talking about the devil, evil resistance in our earliest moments of recovery. I'm Toby C., and this is our show called The Fourth Dimension. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, Lynn. Boy, if... Um so the takeaway here, and, and Lynn and I both agree, and listen, newcomers, is that uh, that there's something, something evil, and it's external, that doesn't want you to get better, okay? 
And there is something good. There's something good, and it's a power greater than yourself that loves you. And, it, and it's so tolerant and patient and loving, and it wants you to get better. It wants to keep you safe and protected, just nestled in the bosom of Abraham, okay? But there's something that wants to keep us always from, from, from really experiencing God's love and, and God's grace. And what is that today, Lynn? I, th- I think the key is to be able to recognize that... Uh, the, the, that there is the presence of evil to, to be able to see it or understand it. Or so to that, imagine it. How about that? We're talking about opening up our minds to the presence of evil. Right, right. I think in the, in the beginning, if, uh, in, in early recovery, if, uh, if I could have taken God more serious, um, if I could could have opened my mind to the awareness or the presence of evil, there would would have been less of a. It would, the road would have been easier to to walk and 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 uh, less of a stumbling block. Um, Do you think you would have given people a little bit more of a break and cut them a little bit more slack early on if you realized that these people just weren't really themselves, that there might be something evil going on that these people have no control over? What do you think? Yeah, and and because of understanding that and, and having more of uh, an open mind, um, I can see... Our family is wonderful now. I mean, I, I love my family. We have a great understanding. Um, and there's, you know, issues and times where, you know, we disagree. But that's where, where I give the family a break, which, which keeps me centered. And, uh, but I, op- with an open mind... Um, the the love of the family is just uh, things are working well. Things are working well. It's an understanding. Yeah, and you're not out of the woods yet. No, you know, for no. for I mean, you know, the family. All of us, all of us, every single day, Lynn, can become a channel of evil, can't we? All of us, every single day, can point our imagination toward the wrong objectives with a bad attitude and open ourselves up and invite the devil into our home, can't we? That's right. There will always be those moments and those challenges. Right. But we don't hear about that stuff in early recovery, do we? I did not, know. We only hear that God could and would if he were sought, and there is only one who has all power, and that one is God, and may you find him now. But but we didn't hear, we didn't hear the, I didn't get the memo about the devil and that there's something that doesn't want us to get better. I I heard it, I heard it veiled, veiled, as a metaphor called alcoholism and alcohol. Alcohol is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Gee, I wonder what they're talking about. They right. can't certainly be talking about some kind of an inanimate solution. They're talking about the devil, aren't they? Right, that, that evil pull, yes. You know, they talk about the alcohol being a subtle foe. Alcohol is not a subtle foe. What are they talking about, Lynn? What's the subtle foe? Well, <clears throat> evil, the evil energy, the the effect of evil um, in in our uh, lives and circumstances. Beautiful. 
So there it is, gang. You know, you're not, you may not be powerless over alcohol. You may not be powerless over drugs. You may not be powerless over whatever obsession that you're suffering from. You know, Lynn and I just discovered that 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 you, as we were in early recovery, you may be powerless over evil. There it is, and it's sitting right next to you. And the reason why you're powerless over evil is because we're ignorant of evil. We ignore it. We deny the existence of evil, don't we? That's right. But there is a solution. You know, yeah. there is opening your open mind Absolutely. to God or the or your uh, higher power of your own understanding. Taking away, and, taking away drugs and alcohol or whatever you're suffering from in early recovery is not the ultimate solution, okay? The solution is that you, as Lynn and I have come to discover, you may be suffering from a condition which only a spiritual experience will conquer. There it is. And let me tell you, that spiritual experience is not getting locked up or having an intervention <laughs> or having your booze, your dope taken away, okay? That's not what we're talking about, okay? Yeah. We're talking about really, really opening up ourselves to a God of our understanding and how much we've been denied of that. So, Lynn, if you had to do all over again, you know, what's the takeaway that you can, can, can give to our our frustrated uh, slippies out there, our prize slippies that keep ending up in rehabs and hospitals, what they might want to consider doing different this time in early recovery that might make sense. Well, um, kind of mentioned before that uh, uh, take take this God of your understanding more serious and uh, um, have an open mind to... Uh, the opposing force that there is uh, um, the presence of evil and uh, and and let the God of your understanding uh, take you through this journey and uh, just understanding that there is a, a, another side to it all that there is an evil side beautiful and there it was <clears throat> open-mindedness Lynn right Yep. I'm telling you, one of the answers to the riddle of recovery, successful recovery, and successful living is the open mind. And, and that's really one of the first fruits that we encounter when we really do an accurate self-survey in the fourth step and the 12-step inventories, is um, the four-step inventories, is we really start to pry open that mind, okay? The open mind. We become open-minded to the the presence of a loving God who loved us and never left us. And we also open our mind to the presence of evil, the evil that sits right next to us, the evil that's capable of, of, of coming into our house and the evil that comes into other people's homes when we point our imagination toward the wrong objectives, right? Exactly. When we open our minds and our imagination toward the wrong objectives, we invite evil in. There it is. I'm telling you, gang. This thing works if you work it. I'm, we, we're, at, we're out of time, doggone it. But I love it. We nailed it, though, Lynn. We really that did. Was really, I, thank you for having me. This was, was, this was a great experience. Hey, I hope you got something out of this. You know, the, the devil being the judge, jury, and executioner. All right. Hey, I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension. And we talk about demonic, satanic occurrences that befall all of us in early recovery. There is only one who has all power. That one is God. And may you find him now. Until next time, I'm Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. Thank you, Lino. God bless.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. 